Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast, the podcast that delivers the goods, delivers the turkey, delivers the gravy, delivers the stuffing, delivers... We're going to talk about the tour. We're going to talk about the first leg of tours complete. Biscuits have done eight shows. All crazy unique. All totally different in every way, really. I think the band went after it. We really went for it. And we found a bunch of new sounds, a bunch of new jam types, a bunch of new songs bunch of great ideas the set lists were hot the band played great in all parts the jams were killer we got a top three of all-time crickets in there we got one of the best bassist endings ever we had uh just one of the we did some modal jamming we had one of the coolest melodic minor jams that we've ever done tons of great stuff on this past tour and we're just getting started this is a four-leg tour, if I did my math correct. And we're going to be out there for leg two. Leg two is in Florida. And leg two, let's just get the dates real quick, for those of you who don't know. Um, Florida is December 11th through the 14th. And that is, uh, we're going to start in Orlando and then go to St. Petersburg and then do two nights at Revolution Live, which is an outdoor venue in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And those shows are all going to sell out. So buy your tickets. Things are selling out like crazy now, and it feels good. Everybody's excited. So we are here in the podcast. It is Thanksgiving. We had a wonderful, relaxing, do-nothing day today, which was great. It rained in California, and it's just like, what is going on? California is this weird place where if any weather happens at all, it feels like the end of the world. Like California is this place where the end of the world is nigh all the time. These fires and earthquakes and then it rains and you're like, what the hell? And then you go back east for an East Coast tour. And so for me, I did nine airports in 12 days. So you can imagine just the German take total into my body was very high. And the weather was freezing cold and it's snowing here and nobody cares. Nobody cares. But in California, come back to California and a little bit of rain and everybody's going crazy. Just is what it is. It's just the difference in California, 80 degrees every day. East Coast always changing and you just adjust to that. So welcome to the podcast. Get in touch with us. Use the hashtag touchdowns all day. Go to Osiris Pod and check out our network and some of the other great podcasts they have there. We are in episode 19, and we're going to do the wrap-up of the first leg of the Biscuit Tour. We have three fresh jams from that tour. We're going to play those for you. We're also going to play a Star Kitchen song. We had the fortunate afternoon activity, I guess you would say, of interviewing on camera Mr. Mark Brownstein, for the illustrious episode 20 of the podcast. That is coming up on December 15th, Sunday. You're going to get the Mark Brownstein episode, The Conversation. And it's a great one. I uh, I got a couple words in there, but Mark 
Mark's good on an interview. I mean, all you got to do is kind of set the subject matter, and then he's got a lot of thoughts on a lot of things, and you got to let him go through his thought process. You got to let him take you on the journey. And we got that journey in spades, covering all sorts of different subjects, from being in a funk band to being in the biscuits to playing bass to writing set lists to the equipment that he uses to you know his philosophies on jamming we got to everything and it was very in-depth it was a very good interview i was super excited about it we are going to do that in podcast form on 12 15 and then we're going to put the video up on the touchdowns all day youtube page which we're in the process of making so for those of you who pay attention to the podcast you might have noticed, but we haven't announced it, so I'm going to announce it right now. We have a website. It's touchdownsallday.com, and you can go there, and you can listen to all the episodes, and you can click through to all the links and you know see what podcast networks we're on and all that fun stuff. We are going to couple that with a YouTube page, which will allow us to do some video stuff. And then the videos where we have, you know, that's where, that's where we get carte blanche. You know, we can do some crazy stuff in video and have a lot of fun. And I think 2020 is going to be a year where we do a lot of that. Because why not, right? Why not? So a lot of you, speaking of social media, uh, saw a lot of story posts that we did about the deer smashing that occurred on tour. So I had an RV for tour that I was going to set up a studio in because I'm uh, I'm mid-production on a number of songs at the same time, which is a... You know, generally a no-no in songwriting. You want to write one song at a time and finish it. And, and I know you're supposed to do that, but I enjoy dabbling in multiple songs at the same time. I just, I like it more. It's more my process. I feel like if you focus on one song at a time, you do get songs done. But it's not as much fun and you're not waiting for inspiration. You're kind of forcing it. And so you kind of force your songs. And I know when I look back at the Disco Biscuit collection of songs, where in the songs that I forced them and where I've waited for the inspiration. And I, it, like, it's, it like comes into my head whenever we play them, but nobody in the audience ever does. So this is like a thing that I just made up from writing songs and, and just being in my head all the time. You make stuff up. It doesn't mean anything. And this is one of those things. So I like doing the cardinal sin of... Writing 10 songs at the same time. It's just a thing. It's, it's fun. Although anyone in like the hip hop business or something like that would tell, tell you that's not the productive way to do it. So to continue with my unproductive way of doing things, I got an RV for tour and I set up a studio in it. And I was, you know, we played the Pittsburgh shows. I was setting up the studio. I cut a podcast in Pittsburgh for y'all. The last episode, the, you heard the... The introduction to that podcast was cut in that little RV studio. And then we got on the road after Pittsburgh and we, you know, wheels up, as they say, and hit the road. And then about 45 minutes on the highway, we hit a giant lump on the middle of the road, like pitch dark. You can't see anything. There's only occasional stoplight. And there's just this little hump in the road and you see it. In just enough time to know it's there, but not enough time to get out of the way. And if you do swerve out of the way, you could be doing a lot more damage to your vehicle because you might swerve in a way where you just drive off the side of a cliff or something like that. And it could just be a garbage bag. But this wasn't a garbage bag. This was a moose. <laughs> and 
It exploded under the bottom of the car. It took the muffler system with it. Uh, we we dragged the lower part of the vehicle off the off-ramp and into the Walmart parking lot. And then we bought a bunch of bungees and tied everything up to the undercarriage, the bloody undercarriage of the vehicle. And then we sent the vehicle off to never be seen again. And in true materialist society, I will never see that vehicle again. I, We got in it. We drove it. We ran into a little bad luck. We didn't die. And we uh, will never see that vehicle again. And we'll get another one. You know what I mean? We'll just get another one. It's fine. Just, the, not, the, the most important thing about that is, is the not dying part. That's the part that really matters. We can always get another vehicle. But I'll tell you, folks. This touring, this touring is, is, it's hard out there. It's tough out there. We were right at the point where we were about to start celebrating how great it was having a rolling studio on the road and then boop, goodbye. But we didn't really need it. I went to Richmond. I got a hotel room. I was there for a couple days, ate some really great food in Richmond. Richmond has amazing food, great Korean food, really great seafood, great Italian food. I was there for a couple days after the shows, um, and then I flew up to Burlington, and then we drove from Burlington to Syracuse. So I did a little bit more airports than I thought I was going to, and I think I'm going to run into that Japanese face mask system, mostly because breathing, you know, 6,000 people's air in a couple days is a lot, and then you got to hit high notes when you sing stars. We have a new song called stars in the sky. There's some high notes in it. And, uh, it's hard to hit those high notes after you've been in nine airports in five days or whatever. But I'm going to work on one of those Japanese face mask systems. Maybe one like a really nice one with the little vents on it and stuff like that. And I'll just be one of those weird people walking through the airport with the face mask on, which apparently you wear as a courtesy to others. So you're not wearing the face mask. I would be wearing the face mask to not breathe the air of the airport. But other people apparently are wearing the face mask so you don't breathe their germs. So just to let you know, if you're sick and you're going to the airport, you could get a face mask and uh, not pass that stuff around to everybody else. That is what that's what the Asia thing is all about. So Disco Biscuit Tour, huge success. Leg two is coming. We're going to build on the momentum Every show has been better than the last. I, I really feel like Syracuse, that type of venue, that like large, open, flat, big space, a lot of echoes. The band filled that space really well. We did some amazing things in the synthesizer world in our jams, and we just did some really huge build jams. The crickets was gigantic. Everything was really big, and the band was clicking at that point. So every time we get in a venue like that, like I want to go back to Syracuse and play the place again, because every time we get in a venue like that, if we're playing like we are now, we're just going to slaughter the whole room. So if you get a chance, we're going to listen to a little bit of it tonight, but go back, listen to the YouTubes of the Syracuse 1122-1123. You will not be disappointed. A lot of people have come to me and said, whoa, this is some next level stuff. And uh, I feel like we've been working towards that so it's nice to hear it i don't think we're quite there yet and so it's nice that people think we're there their their bar of success for that kind of transition is lower than ours you know i think we have a very high bar for how 
when we're going to feel satisfied by this like new sound that the band is is kind of chipping away at from all angles. And who knows when that's going to be. But I think the process of getting there is very enjoyable and everybody's having a lot of fun. So Lake 2, Florida coming up. Lake 3, New Year's Eve in New York City. The Tractor Beam show is official. It's the after party of the 1227 show. It will be all Tractor Beam the entire show. The jumpsuits come out and it's just going to be a really great time. We have a bunch of new Tractor Beam songs that we're learning and they're crazy good. So I'm really excited about that. Really excited about the Mark Brownstein episode 20. Really excited about the end of the year episode 21. That is going to be 1229. The podcast is going to release episode 21. We made it to 21 this year. Who knows if we're going to go to 22. This podcast is a lot, but we love it. Uh, and that, you know, the end of the year podcast, we're going to listen to a bunch of the new songs and we're going to catalog the best versions of them. And I'm going to play maybe some, some little pieces of demos and stuff that got us to where we are now. Talk about where these songs are going in the future. Should be a really fun podcast. Celebrate the end of the year and just go over all the songs that I wrote in 2019. A lot of them, the biscuits will never. A couple of them, we're gonna. I'll play for you. The biscuits will never play them, probably. So there'll be some interesting, interesting drops. Uh, what else is upcoming? What do we have here? I have some media appearances that are kind of podcast related. I'm going to be on the No Simple Road podcast. It's going to be what Aaron, the host, described as a Christmas gift to his fans. It's having me on the podcast. So I'm honored to uh, participate in the Christmas giving spirit. And we're going to go on there and tell some jokes and have some fun. I'm also going to be on the Inside Out with Turner and Seth podcast. They have Brownstein on their podcast. Uh, Rob Turner is the guy who bought my first tour guitar. And I, I didn't pay him back for like 15 years, so... He really just gave me a giant, awesome guitar for my career for no reason, except he just wanted to be a great guy. And so I'm forever indebted to Rob and love to be on his podcast and chat it up with those guys. Also going to be on 103.3 Asheville FM, the Soup Bowl uh, with Chris, the DJ there. I guess we're going to do a phone interview or something. And then there's also a podcast called Let Creativity Flow. It's an Osiris media podcast. And there's an episode about Splice. I will be on talking about my experiences with Splice. Uh, Aaron Magner's on talking about his experiences with Splice. And, you know, the the show explores record labels and how musicians are using technology and who the Splice people are and where the music business could be going now that it has a strong technical arm. And that's been going on for, you know... Maybe since Bass Nectar started playing Burning Man back in the day, like that was the beginning maybe of the strong technical arm of the music business. And now the music business is almost entirely. I think the Biscuits are the last band that are miking cabinets and speaker cabinets on stage. You know, I almost never see it nowadays. And I've been on tours where we were the only guys with guitars, and that was seven or eight years ago. So 
The music business and the technical business are very intertwined at this point, and it's just getting more and more. Like, it used to be they, they made little devices, but now we're making all these cloud-connected software stuff. So they're going to talk about that on the Let Creativity Flow podcast. Very interesting, especially for all you people out there that are interested in that type of stuff. So here we are. Touchdowns all day. Uh, I'm going to talk about football for a minute or two. And if you don't want to listen to that, then just press skip a little bit. Um, But I just want to talk about college football for a second. Because this year was... This year I couldn't... You know, I would have... I have this great... I built uh, like a room in my house with a great couch, a great TV... The barbecue's right outside where you could watch football games and barbecue and entertain, right? And so I have people come over and watch the, the football college football games with me, which used to be the greatest thing you could have people come over and do. And this year was, it was just, it wasn't there this year. It was, I feel like there is a, there was something great about college football when they started the playoff. There was some amazing talent. There was Derrick Henry, there was Deshaun Watson, there was Lamar Jackson, and they're all fighting for this illustrious new this new award. It used to be all the all the divisions like the SEC played for their championship and the Big Ten played for theirs. And then they had some vote for who was best, but nobody really cared that much. It was a little bit of a big deal because ESPN talked it up, but nobody really cared that much. And now that there's a playoff. Nobody cares who wins the SEC championship anymore. I mean, Alabama didn't even play for the SEC championship and won the national championship. So it's almost like nobody cares about these little divisional championships anymore. And so we had these couple of great years where college football, and I really believe this many times over, college football is the greatest American sporting event there is. You know, go to a white game, you know, you go to go to Penn State for Penn State Ohio State. Go to the Iron Bowl. You know, go to a national championship game. Like these games are unbelievable. They're like they're as close to what I think a World Cup game would be in America. It's not the NFL where everybody's kind of corporate and and older and they sit down the whole time and there's all these boxes that have been purchased by IBM for a hundred years that nobody's in and. It just feels like college football, it's a bunch of people who really, really just love the team. This outsized, unexplainable love for this team that doesn't make any sense. But if you just don't worry about that and just go and have fun, it's literally the best sport. But this year is the year where I think the flaw in the playoff system is now exposed. There's five conferences And really, only one team needs to be good, and it's almost better if that's the case. And talent, the most talented players, are going to go to those teams. So Clemson's a perfect example. I mean, they played Auburn this year, and then they haven't played anybody all year since then. And they almost lost to somebody who, like NC State, or somebody who's not even a team. And the bottom line is, if you're a really great high school football player, you're going to go to Clemson because you are going to basically fight for the national championship every year and no one's going to hit you all season long. So you have no chance of getting hurt and every chance of winning. So there's going to be these teams 
that are these perennial Ohio State's turning into this team right now. And you could even make the argument the SEC is the one division where all the teams were really, really good. And you see some teams that are usually pretty good starting to fall off. Like Ole Miss is falling off. Texas A&M is falling off. Arkansas, which I used to think was a really great team. Not so great. Florida's been up and down. So you have this float of teams that used to be filled with all this talent in the SEC. And now you have this kind of one dominant team per per Power 5 conference. So you're going to have Oklahoma. Then Oregon can't seem to pull it off, but they seem to be the closest up there. And then the SEC, you have three or four teams because you have these, you know, these people that are born and raised on college football and they don't care, really. They don't care. So that's really the strength of football down there. And it exists everywhere in other places, but I don't know if there's the funding where there is. In the SEC, there's just the funding no matter what. So... My theory is that it's just going to get worse. That the talent, these kids going into college, they they know the deal. They're trying to get the NFL. They don't want to get hurt in college. That's their biggest risk. So they're not going to go play a team where there's any kind of competition. But they all want to win. So they're going to balance where they go versus how how much they want to get hit during the regular season. And they're going to choose the lowest one possible. So Clemson's always going to have a lot of talent. Ohio State... You know, there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten, but they just seem to be smaller and not as tough. So Ohio State beats them. You know, Ohio State plays Wisconsin and beats them by 40 points or something insane like that. And it just seems like there's there's a little bit of a steamroller occurring there. And I'm worried about this because I tried to enjoy this year's college football season. And it was a particularly bad season for Alabama schedule-wise. So, Bama no different at this point, except for Bama has to play LSU every year, and LSU is always good. Bama has to play Auburn. Auburn played the hardest schedule in the whole thing this year. You know, those two teams are always going to be good. Then if Bama beats those two teams, they have to go to the SEC Championship. they got to play Georgia or Florida. So, Bama's going to play three real games every year. If... And and that's an SEC thing. I, I don't see the other leagues that necessarily happening. So it just seems like that those other four conferences are just going to start to dominate the playoffs. All the talent's going to go there. And then this, this whatever the SEC is, which was great five years ago, which was really the heart of college football for a minute, that's going to be gone. Just like Nebraska was great for, you know, 20 years ago, Nebraska was a great college football program. And now it's, it's gone. You know what I mean? They're rebuilding. Give them five years. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. But at the moment, they're not the team they were when they won back-to-back national championships. So my concern is that this is a real problem. And the problem is, in my mind, scheduling, frankly. These teams don't play anybody. They don't play anybody. So I concocted up a scheme that I want to put out there. And I would like to see it enacted because I think it's going to be great. But I understand college football is a huge bureaucracy and nobody cares about my opinion, which is totally fine. I never played it and you, you, I probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, I did play football in high school, but you know, I I, I don't think I could have made any... T- I, I think one of the guys went to the Big Ten from our, from our league. Anyways, here's my 
here's what I think should happen. After the the playoffs are done and we have our winner, so last year's Clemson, Bama was second. You know, next year, week five, the top 24 teams in the country should play each other. One versus two, three versus four, five versus six, seven versus eight, all the way down. Every year, week five, we hope you survive. Rematch of the playoffs of last year, our third place. So you have Clemson Bama week five of this year would have been amazing. Tua would have been healthy. Clemson would have been, we would have seen them play somebody. It would have been great. I'm sure they're great. They're going to waltz in the playoffs. They're probably going to steamroll everybody because they're playing with their starters. And nobody else has their starters. LSU doesn't have their starters. Bama doesn't have their starters. I'm, I don't know about Ohio State. It looks like they have all their starters. So the finals this year is going to be Clemson versus Ohio State. And Ohio State's going to win by 17 points because Clemson's not that good or something like that. I don't know. It's But it's like kind of in the bag already. You know what I mean? It's kind of done. Like the problem with college football is the games are in the bag already. And you have somebody over to watch the game with you. Game's in the bag. It's 52 nothing. It's 44 nothing. It's 31 to 10. Who cares? And the kids on the field, it sucks for them. Because they want to be in a good game. So if you're on Virginia Tech, or if you're on Arkansas, or if you're on Texas A&M, or if you're on Baylor, you want to be able to beat this other team. You want the, the it to be a close game. You don't want to go out there and say, we're going to play our asses off, and hopefully we will only lose by 35 points. You don't want that situation to happen to you twice a season, once a season. You know, you're either this NFL prospect that gets to play on this great team that gets to steamroll everybody, or you're not. Like, who wants college football to become that? It's super boring. And you know what? I don't need college football if I want to watch great football anymore because Deshaun Jackson, Lamar, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson are lighting up pro football. Lighting it up. Like, all the greatness of college football is now in the pros. We're cool. Everyone's just going to watch the pros. Because why are, we, why are you going to watch Bama beat somebody 56 to 7? Like, who cares? You know it's going to happen. The only people that care are the people who are betting against the 25-point spread, which makes no sense at all, too. So even the gambling money is going to leave. Because how, who's, who's, bet, who's betting 30-point spread? How do you know? Oh, yeah, I really think, you know, when LSU plays... Plays Kentucky next week. I think they're only. I, I definitely don't think they're going to win by thirty-one. Like who's who's thinking of that in their head? It's a, you're a crazy gambler if you're betting thirty-point spreads. You're a crazy gambler at that point, and you should just invest or, or you know, I don't know. Maybe you're great at that. I don't know. What do I know? But it's a real issue because. That you can't have, you know, Ohio State didn't play anybody till week eight or something like that. Who cares? It's a really good team. I want to see them play a good game. So this is the deal. Week five, we hope you survive. One plays two, three plays four, five plays six. If we were to go on last year's rankings, uh, let me just type this in. Just show you how prepared I am for this conversation. Um, we would have a bunch of amazing games. We've gotten, in week five, we would have gotten Clemson, Alabama. We would have gotten Ohio State, Oklahoma, which I think happened last year. 
So they do do this occasionally. Would have gotten Notre Dame LSU, which would have been cool. Um, probably Florida playing Georgia. It would have been a bunch of great games. But what it would have done is it would have split last year's playoff teams. It would have split them. It would have pushed half of them out and solidified the other half. And it would have done that on a one to two, three to four basis. And so we wouldn't have these perennial top four. You're not going to have Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma every single year, one, two, three, four, which is what we've been getting because the Pac-12 has been weak. So we get the Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma every year. If Michigan State gets in, they lose 52 to 10. You know, and the reason is, is because these guys don't play each other. Once they start playing each other, then college football becomes awesome again. College football gets great. You know, week five, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, Oklahoma, same weekend. The whole world is tuning in for that weekend of football. So it's one week a year where you guarantee that college football is the number one sporting destination day of the year. That's what you get. That's what I want. I think that's what everybody wants. One day where I can have everybody over the house and the games are all great and everybody gets to enjoy the game that I love, that I think is really fantastic, you know? And I had a, I had that this year. I had it a couple times this year. People came over and I was literally apologizing for the blowout. I was just apologizing that it was 44. It was, was it 28 nothing at half like six times this year? Like, give me a break. How, there's nothing you can say to someone who's never seen a 28 nothing game before that at halftime that that's an acceptable score. You can't. There's nothing to say. All right, that's my rant. I got to edit it down because it's really long. But uh, I'm very passionate about this. I think the sport is great. But like, hey, you know, everybody's just going to f- support Mark Ingram and the, and the Ravens. You know what I mean? We're mass communicating. We're mass We're back. We're back. Let's leave that in the past. We're moving on. We're going to talk about this amazing Disco Biscuit tour, which just went on all cylinders, went the whole time. You know, I was I was thinking to myself when I was standing on the side of the highway, looking at an RV that we had just destroyed, like, oh no, not this again. You know what I mean? Like, here we are, side of the road, side of the road. I think the Biscuits even wrote a song uh, called Side of the Road back in the day because our van used to break all the time. And I was just like, I can't believe this is what I signed up for. 
you know? And then I was like, but, but you know, like, yeah, there's some, there's, 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 there's tough things about everything that you want to do that's tough. And you sign up for a lot of things when you sign up for one thing. You know, sometimes you're going to hit a deer. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to, things are going to crash a little bit. It's how you respond to those things that define who you are and how your tour is going to go. And that was what I felt at the end of that night. And I went to sleep and woke up the next day and I got up the next morning and I was like, yeah, that's, that was just a thing. This tour is bigger than that. This tour is better than that. And let's hear it. Let's play like it, like we feel that way. And the Richmond shows were great out of the box. And so that to me defined the tour. And like, who cares about the, you know, what defined the tour was the band playing great night after night after night. Let's start with one right here. This is Lady Cyclone from Burlington.
So here we go in outer space. Magner pulls us up with a elastic super keyboard sound. And then off we go now. I wonder where this is going to go because we are picking it up a little bit. So we'll see if we follow into that kind of techno space or if we build up real fast and get frenetic here. cool set of changes nice little pop into cyclone there there were a lot of synthesizers in that jam there was a lot of sounds there that sounds like a new sound a little bit i think uh i think we might jump i don't know what we're gonna do after this top of cyclone here but rich left it in so maybe there's something coming here that's Kind of in that same vein it sounds like we're, we're chipping away at something and we're close so let's hear where we go after the cyclone break coming up right here
So that was wild. That little electro part right there. I really like that. I'm, I wasn't quite sure what, who was doing what there, but I like the do 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 do. I really like the vibe of it, the way that it was developing, the way that everybody was kind of playing tasty stuff around each other. I love it when the band gets into those kind of no rush, no hurry places. And it also sounds like there's some like wind noises and some fire, it almost like a fuse went off in the middle of the jam. Like there was a crackling, like somebody lit an electronic fuse in the middle of the jam. I'm all for this stuff. For you guys on the podcast or on the YouTube page or something like that, where we play jams for the band members and maybe even some contestants out there, maybe even you, you could be a contestant on the What Song Are They Jamming Into Now game show. Yes, we will probably think of a catchier name, but wow, is that game show going to be a lot of fun? I'm very much into it. Who knows? You got, maybe we'll buy some buzzers, like the proper ones, you know, they make the little little sound. And then you listen to the jam and you guess where the band is going and eventually becomes obvious. And so, you know, I think it'd be fun to do that amongst the band members. And we're going to set that up for you guys for 2020. Just some of the great ideas coming to the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast in 2020. When we get past episode 20, past episode 21, and we get into the unknown, the, the, the unknown of the podcast world, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do now that they have no sponsors and no requirement to do anything specifically at all, except have fun and play dope jams like this one? This is Circus 11-23-2019. This is Gangster into Spacebird. Thank you. 
here's the core of it right here. It's just the bass, this bass line and this keyboard line together are so money. I mean, we're going to remix this. You know that, right? Like you sitting at home, you're like, yeah, you guys should remix this. We are going to remix this for sure. In the next month or two, we're going to just maybe three. I don't know how long it takes to get the remix done, but we're going to drop that part of the song. You hear in the background, Mark is still playing it. It's so sick as a, you know, dance remix of live disco biscuits. Why, why the fuck not? I gotta use some more or some less. I'm using way too much delay on this song. And I thought the delay is cool, but 
Now that I listen to it, like the this is cluttered. This is super cluttered. I don't know why it sounds cluttered like this now, and it hasn't sound cluttered to me for the, how long have we been playing this song? I feel like my setting is the same. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Let's hear if it's cluttered here. Yeah, there you go. The guitar is cluttered in the in the verses of Spacebird. It should be tight. There's a lot of things going on. Maybe there's more things that were going on now than are going on then. Or maybe my delay pedal is just more clear now than it was then. Or the way that the mix is, it's less it's less amorphous and more specific now. I really like the tone that we have on the guitar right now. I like the way it sounds. But I have to change the way that I do some things that I've done. This is why the podcast is great. This is why you got to go back and listen to your stuff because you don't know. You don't know standing up there on stage. There's so much going on. I got lyrics to remember. The lyrics of Spacebird could not be more confusing. I don't know if you've ever tried to do Spacebird at your local watering hole, but the lyrics are confusing. So. This sounds good. Let's get into this.
must be the fabled guitar synth there. That's it right there, huh? The guitar disappears and this wild, insane arpeggiator comes in. And the biscuits are making this Juno Reactor style techno suddenly out of the middle of nowhere. And then I go back to this weird echo stuff after that. And uh, I think if you want to hear the rest of this jam discussed on the Touchdowns All Day podcast, you have to subscribe and tune in to episode 20 with bass player Mr. Mark Brownstein because we listen to the rest of this jam and so if I listen to it now we've already done the Mark jam so I've already cut it so it would kind of be weird for me to do it twice so I'm going to pull out of it now that was guitar synth right there that's what it is that is it working and you guys have heard a lot of it not working and I'm glad you guys have hung on to this point because now it works and now that it works uh, you hear the potential there I mean that was insane that was full on arpeggiation moving around in a biscuit jammy fashion moving the energy around like only we know how to but using these these crazy software instruments that are available and I, you know me playing the keyboard like none of y'all are paying What's a ticket nowadays? 30 bucks or something? None of y'all are paying 30 bucks to watch me play the, the keyboard. Let's be honest. But y'all seem to think it's a fair price to pay to watch me play the guitar. So if I can make the guitar make synth noises and do stuff like that, we're, we're in business at that point, right? I think the, the crowd was, was blown away because on the, on the podcast, that sounds crazy, but live... That is an experience that you got to come see. Like, you know, if you listen to the podcast, that's cool. But you got to come to the show so you get like the dual, you get the full effect of the podcast. You know what I mean? So we're going to pick that jam back up again next episode with Mark Brownstein. But don't worry, this episode is not over. We have a surprise. In preparation for next week's Mark Brownstein interview, We are going to go to the Higher Ground in Burlington, Vermont on November 8th of 2019. And we are going to listen to a piece of music that Mark picked out. This is some Star Kitchen. So bring that into play right here. And off we go.
Well, it sounds like Mark and this drummer have been playing together forever. Uh, this guy's are tight as hell. Sounds great. Uh, I think his name is Marcus. Um, really cool stuff. This stuff is super funky. Marlon Lewis is the drummer. And uh, the guy is clearly awesome. Um, Danny Meyer from the Air Krasnow Band is the guitar player. Rob Marsher is the keyboardist. And Mark Brownstein on bass, of course. Although nowadays, who knows? Could be on bass synth, could be on synthes, you know. Who knows? Um, I like this, though. This is super groovy. Very cool. Let's check out some more. great sounds like uh, you know it's, it's super tight band shades of like some really great funk guitar from the 70s like some, almost some mclaughlin stuff in there and super cool playing all around very groovy tight groove love it love it that's star kitchen on the first appearance on the podcast right there Hopefully many more. Um, I just, you know, you know, Mark's a great bass player and sounds like Marlon Lewis really gets him. And those two just, uh, I could listen to those guys play together all night. Sounds awesome. So I want to thank you guys for listening to my insane rant earlier. And we're going to listen to one more jam right now. This one, we were going to hold this... 
This will be our end of the show jam right here. This is the bassist from Burlington, 11:20. We were gonna save this for the uh, episode 21 show because y'all know why. But uh, you know, it's on the file. It's staring me right in the face. It's part of the tour leg. So here it is. I haven't heard this yet. I've heard great things. You know, I, there's a couple things about basses that make it really fun to hear, like a couple of jam moments that we tackle differently every time. It's always fun. We kind of stopped preparing them, and we now we just kind of run into them headlong and see what happens. Because we used to prepare them and stuff, and that just felt nerdy. Now we just slam into it. So let's hear how we do it.
Kevin, thank you so much. We had a really fun time here tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow night uh, to play another concert for you. This song is a lot of fun. I like this song a lot. It's really fun to play. It's really fun to listen to. I wonder what it's like to be in the crowd dancing to it. Must be great. Uh, wrote it in a supermarket. I'll probably tell that story on the episode 21 podcast. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you, you just write them where you write them. It's not. If you're writing all the time, you get stuff like this for free almost. The song is almost free. You know, just walking around. I think it was at Camp Bisco. I think I was like going to buy provisions at the supermarket for the week. So when I go back to my hotel room, I have stuff. You know what I mean? Like water and sodas and LaCroix and beef jerky and, you know, whatever. Whatever. So this one's going to be a challenge to see where this one ends up. I think, hey, it doesn't have to be a song in itself I think it's probably better in another song so we'll just see what it matches up with well in the uh, in the set list in the coming months let's check out the jam a little bit
That feels great. And Alan goes to all those toms and playing the huge melody. I like that. That's a moment. That is a moment that, uh, you know, I like that. That's a good moment to add to the moments that this band has. It's really great. It's up there right there with all the other ones. And it's nice to see us adding to that. You know, the that song is a great example of why sometimes writing 10 songs at the same time is a good idea because you get stuff like that and then eventually that finds its way into a larger song and then that just becomes one of the epic songs of which we have a couple, you know, we have a couple. We could use a couple more and we're going for a couple more. This has been uh, a really good podcast. Good listening today. Great jams. The tour recap. Thanks for listening along with us. This is a long episode, but there was a lot to talk about. There's a lot of music to listen to. Next two weeks from now, next episode, episode 20. We made it. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations to Rich Steele, to Crunk Mike. To, uh, to Christina and RJ over at Osiris, to Vic, to everybody who's come together to make us have a really great podcast. We're loving doing this. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed listening to those jams. And I feel like when we talk about them here on the podcast, that it does lead to real ideas. It's not just me listening to it. It's me talking about it with you, recording that. There's something about it that that just feel like creates a real a real moment. And we're making moments here. And we got a couple more this year. So tune in 12:15 episode 20 with Mark Brownstein also listening to some jams from this past tour and then episode 21, 12:29 end of the year episode listening to all the new songs from this year. Some stuff you guys haven't heard. And um, and maybe some jams from the next couple shows that we'll play before then, because there might be just some crazy stuff down in Florida that just is even, you know, it's craziest stuff we've ever done. I think the next six months of Disco Biscuit shows, you are going to hear stuff that we've never done before and is this new sound that we just, we kind of hit it a little bit today. That guitar synth jam, and we're going to get more and more and more of it because it's fun to do. So, see you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. 